Welcome to Recently Logged, where we won't be talking about Shrek for another two to three years. <laughs> Death to Shrek. Death to Shrek? No! Burn the series. Burn the... What about Shrek 2, Micah? Um, <laughs> I don't know, but it's weird that a fifth movie is happening, especially after seeing this one. It really is. I... Okay, so... When we when we first sat down to watch this this week's movie Shrek Forever After, which was like a few hours ago that we sat down, right? To watch it, it honestly was. Um, I I thought by the title Forever After that it would be like, you know, the ending to the series, and then it was the ending. To the series. <laughs> Much better ending than Shrek the Third. Oh yes, definitely. Um, but it's so weird that. Uh, Shrek 5, It Ain't Ogre or whatever is coming out. <laughs> right. Actually, this this movie has the tagline, It Ain't Ogre Till It's Ogre. Oh, gosh. So, I don't know what the fifth one is going to be called. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, do we want to get into talking about said Shrek movie? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, do we want to introduce ourselves first? No. <laughs> okay, um, I'm Robbie. And I'm Micah. And this is our movie podcast. We talk about movies. On our movie podcast. <laughs> we occasionally talk about some other stuff, too. Sometimes. But not not usually. This time is we're not talking about anything else. It's just movies. Mostly just movies. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into uh, what you need to know about Shrek Forever After. All right. So Shrek Forever After is a 2010 movie rated PG. It's 133 minutes long. Or, wow. Wait, no. It's an hour. And okay. I was about long. to say, wow. I didn't realize it was that long. Jeez. Wow, I am tired. Okay. <laughs> The description is uh, Rumpelstiltskin tricks a midlife crisis-burdened Shrek into allowing himself to be erased from existence and cast into a dark alternate timeline where Rumpelstiltskin rules supreme. (laughs) Such a weird premise. Right? The cast, of course, consists of Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, Eddie Murphy, Anthony, uh, well, Antonio Banderas, Julie Andrews, John Hamm, John Cleese, and... A lot of other people. A lot of other people named John. <laughs> right. There's a lot of Johns. Uh, it was directed by Mike Mitchell. Indeed. And it was written by Josh Klausner. Darren. Cool last name. Limick. Limkin. Limp. 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 I don't know. <laughs> William Stieg. Cool last name. I was about so to say that. Hey. He wrote the book it was based on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think it won, like, one award. <laughs> it won a Saturn Award for Best Animated Film, but that's the only award it won. Good. I'm glad this won something. Jeez. <laughs> um, I just realized, Michael, when you said the title at the beginning of this, when you said Shrek Forever After, is it supposed to be like that? Is it supposed to be like a four? Like four ever? Because yeah, it's the fourth movie, Ruby. That would be crazy. <laughs> it's like Shrek the Third. <laughs> Shrek Forever After. Okay, but like what? How did I never realize this? <laughs> Until just now, Shrek did you never... Forever After. How did... What? You never realized No, that? I just thought it was Shrek Forever After. <laughs> yeah, Shrek Forever After. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a play on work. Is that intentional? Yes. Uh, interesting fact about the director of this, though. He has some interesting directing credits. He actually has quite a few movies that I like. 
He directed Lego Movie 2, the which second like. part. Yeah. Sky High. Which I like. Trolls. Which I like. And Chipwrecked. Which I despise with every fiber of my being. Exactly. His, his movies ra- range from weird to horrible. I mean, at least, like, he kind of has a consistent direction uh, for, like, between, like, Lego Movie 2 and Trolls. They're, they're pretty similar in, like, general style and vibe, so. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, that's what you needed to know about Shrek Forever After. If you if you knew nothing about it, uh, it's the fourth film in the Shrek series, which we're going through uh, right now and recently. Alive. Could have been the fourth and final. Should have been the fourth and final. You don't want another runaround with Shrek, Micah? Eh, I would it's gladly. It's probably take gonna it. be really weird, right? I mean, maybe. <laughs> like I can't imagine it's gonna be good. I we're, just... we're like in like. The third generation Shrek memes. I was about to say, we're in, like, post-post-post-Shrek era. <laughs> right? Like, Shrek has become wholly its own thing on the internet. I don't know. I don't know how the fifth one's gonna be. I, I have high hopes, though. What if what if we get another Shrek 2, Micah? I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen, but... <laughs> it, then again, we could also get another Shrek the third. Right? That's more what I feel is gonna happen. But anyway, let's let's get into our opening thoughts about uh, this week's movie, Shrek Forever After. Shrek Forever After. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, so Micah. Yes. What did you think of the the film uh, that we just watched, Shrek Forever After? <laughs> um, you know, I, I actually liked it. It's really weird. This only has like a, a point higher average than Shrek the Third on Letterboxd. And Shrek the Third's pretty darn hated. And I really felt like this got back to, like, like it was really, like, just a whole movie about, like, fixing a lot of what happened in Shrek the Third. <laughs> yeah. Like, granted, it was not nearly as much as a, of a comedy as any other Shrek movie. Like, like even, like, especially Shrek the Third, since Shrek the Third pretty much devolved into just, like, jokes every five seconds. Yeah, I was about to say, it was just, <laughs> it was just trying to be funny. And yeah. failing spectacularly. In this movie, and I really <laughs> like that it does this, it doesn't, like, especially try to be funny. Like, yes, there are jokes, uh, quite a few jokes, and they are funny most of the time. Yeah. But it, it it's pretty, like, serious and pretty focused on the drama and relationship stuff in this movie way more than any other Shrek movie. And I actually really liked that. I felt like it got back to more of what, like Shrek needs to be before it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. It needs to actually be a good story. And, um, you know, you had chemistry between characters that you felt like you just completely lost their chemistry in Shrek the Third. And, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just a really fun movie. It wasn't It wasn't nearly as good as, like, the first one, or especially no. the second one. <laughs> but it was, not. But it was still, like, a really, like, good movie that really kind of saves the Shrek franchise from Shrek the Third. <laughs> in yeah. my personal opinion. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting to view it through the lens of, like, please save the franchise from Shrek the Third. <laughs> but it is kind of what it does right? with the whole, um, like, midlife crisis alternate timeline thing. It's actually a pretty brilliant stroke on the screenwriter's uh, 
part, right? In my eyes, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I essentially agree with what you said. I'm just so glad that uh, more so than Shrek the Third, which I mean, like Shrek the Third doesn't do this at all. It actually values uh, how Shrek and the main characters actually like feel, <laughs> and like the actual emotion in the story. It actually values that. Which Shrek yeah. the Third doesn't at all. It just tries to play everything for a joke, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we talked about um, last Shrek episode, like even with like the King Harold dying yeah, sequence, exactly. where it's literally all jokes for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was just, I think, I feel like that's why this one feels like such a return to form for the Shrek franchise. Even though it's not as good as the first two movies, it still feels like that original magic Shrek had because it actually cares about its characters this time. Yeah. And it actually feels like they put a lot of thoughts into the gags and jokes into in this one. They're actually like really funny. Yeah, and you get and you get like stuff like Shrek and Donkey having to like meet again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like interesting stuff like like even the Fiona and Shrek falling in love again sequence. Like I think stuff like that is really cool and a good way to get you back to that feeling of mm-hmm. Shrek because in Shrek the 3rd everything is literally just it's it's stupid it's jokes it's just it, it, you don't it doesn't matter nothing I feel matters. like I feel like I'm losing my mind when I'm watching Shrek right the 3rd. Shrek the 3rd feels like you're you, you're watching Shrek but you're on a drug trip or something <laughs> <laughs> whereas uh, Shrek Forever After actually finally feels like it's slowing down it's taking it like it's it's returning to actually somewhat serious, which for as meme as Shrek has become, <laughs> it was all it was always like a pretty like serious series, even though it had a bunch of jokes. Yeah, this is definitely the most drama a Shrek movie has gotten so far, like over a comedy, you know. Yeah. Which I mean, I would compare maybe like the first one maybe being close to this one and just being like a drama movie yeah. rather than a comedy but yeah. i don't know this one this one feels a lot more serious it takes itself a lot more seriously and it was really weird too because like i saw a lot of people like just now before we started this yeah. i was reading through letterboxd reviews and like i saw a lot of people being like wow this is like the worst movie ever for a shrek <laughs> fan it's not funny it's not funny or like wow it must be pretty rough when your most memorable joke is a kid saying do the wrong do the wrong <laughs> That is a, like, 10 of 10 joke. (laughs) I don't know why they're complaining. (laughs) Like, uh, I'm just like, really? That's what you got out of this? That Shrek, like... That this one isn't funny? That's what you got? Oh, no, Shrek's not an absolute freaking joke in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) He's actually, like, a good character. Whoops. Who wants things and feels things and has motivation. (laughs) Besides, oh no. Get out and be swan. I'm gonna be a father. I'm gonna be a father. Da da. Da da. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, uh, I guess let's get into the main discussion now that we have our, our basic, uh, no, opening thoughts out of the way. No, I think they were our basic thoughts for me. No, they're not. I think they, they were. They never will be. They were. Alright, Micah, do you have any, uh, Questions to start us off with. Questions. That is the question I posed to you. What if I do, Ravi? What if it's 
the is, time is that, is that the question? question? Is that the question? Yeah, what if I do? <laughs> That's the question. Uh, I would like you to say the question. Um, what is your favorite cedar sequence? Oh my gosh. Every time, Ruby. Um, hmm. It's a good question to get the That's ball rolling. That is a good question for this movie in particular. Um, do the roar. The, the do the roar scene is very fun. I don't know. It's kind of a chaotic scene. It is a very chaotic. It's the scene. most feeling like Shrek the Third scene in this whole movie. I feel like Shrek is having a panic attack at his child's birthday party. He is. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Hmm. I was gonna say like something like the ending scene or something, but I don't know if that's my favorite. I I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not in love with the whole ogre uprising subplot, which I was gonna get to. Um, but. I, I don't know. I'm trying to pick another scene. <laughs> That's my chimichanga stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that shot is very funny, actually. The chimichanga stand joke isn't even that funny, but the cut <laughs> to the tiny figure is funny. Right, the cut to the tiny figure. Um, do, do you have an answer for this already? Uh, I think I do. Okay. I think, I think my favorite is either, honestly... Um, like the scene when like you get like Shrek and Puss and uh Donkey all actually like together again, together. if you will. Together again. Or just like a lot of like the Fiona Shrek falling in love again stuff. Cause I think that was really well done. Okay. Um I might cite that opening montage as my favorite part. I don't know if that actually is my favorite part. Really, but See, I do. I would, I would I say, really I would like the. the opening I would montage. cite the opening of this movie as my least favorite part of the movie. Really? Yeah. It if it 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 just so effectively communicates everything that like is happening in the movie. Like uh, it's it's a good opening montage. It sets up every like all of the movie. I guess. In a few minutes. I guess. It just all reminds me of Shrek the Third. It's just it's it's good cinematic storytelling, like <laughs> which I which I appreciated from coming off of Shrek the Third. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, do you have a question? Then? Uh, yes, I do, Micah. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, what did you think of the the stilt man himself, Rumpelstiltsman? Rumpelstiltsman. <laughs> Um, he was an interesting villain. Yeah, I just, I, I just feel like... I mean, the villains of yeah. Shrek have never been, like, 100% powerhouses. Like, obviously, Fairy Godmother, Fairy Godmother <laughs> is amazing, <laughs> perfect in every way. Um, but, like, Farquaad, you know, he's a joke, but, like, he's <laughs> not, he, he's not really, like, anything special. <laughs> and then Charming is... Uh, I don't even know. He could have been good, though. So, like, coming off of all of that... Like, I think Rumpelstiltskin's a fine villain. I think it's weird what they do with him. Um, I have to agree with, like, the Shafrilis video. They could have done something really, really cool if they were actually planning this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, because Rumpelstiltskin, technically speaking, makes an appearance in Shrek the Third. It's just he yeah, looks completely He different. doesn't even look like this guy. They just say Rumpelstiltskin and there's a tiny little man sitting there's there. There's a tiny little man sitting there. <laughs> And Shafrilis, uh, pretty good YouTuber. Shafrilis uh, Productions, yeah. Uh, he said in his uh, Shrek Forever After video, it would be really cool if they would have, like, taken Rumpelstiltskin 
and like had him make a deal with charming like like or at least have him talk with charming in like mm-hmm. the third one just like a quick scene setting him up as like this big series villain actually making him kind of like because like in this movie he just kind of pops in and he's like no my entire kingdom Mine. was taken away from me <laughs> and we're like who is this guy who is this man <laughs> and he's like <"Mer." laughs> and um like it's it's just kind of he he's just like slightly underwhelming for me that is true he he's not a bad villain. He's got a, like an interesting plot, an interesting motivation, and all that. And like he's only slightly annoying, but he's just overall a little underwhelming. Yeah, I admired how they tried to tie it back to like Shrek Two era of Shrek, but right, it was... they, they tried to they tried to pull yeah. a Shrek Two and kind of like all tying it back to yeah, the exactly. beginning of the series. Yeah. Um, I like I admired that. Um, I just wish he was a little more thematically connected to Shrek in this. Which I mean, that I would love for all movie villains to just be like thematically connected to their counterparts. You, Heck, know? you know what bothers me about what? Rumpelstiltskin? Huh? He's such an unintimidating villain to the <laughs> point that like I don't even understand why all the witches work for him. Um, that's a great question. Like, the only reason nobody's literally just walking in there and saying no is because he's got an army of witches who he treats horribly. I know, right? <laughs> Surprised there hasn't been a witch uprising yet. Right? Like, he melted one of the witches just, like, straight up. Just because. And then, he, and then I mean, that it was, scene a, was pretty funny. It was a funny joke that they used it for. Yeah, yeah. But, like, why is there no witch uprising? <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. I mean, yeah. Like, and that's what I'm saying about him being kind of underwhelming. He's such overall an unintimidating force. That's true. He's got a really good plan, but, like, he's just, like, what does he do? He doesn't have any real thematic tie into the character, like Mm -hmm. you were saying. Yeah. And then he doesn't really have any physical threat against the character. And it's just really weird. Especially being that, like, when Shrek was, like, revealed to be dying, like, at the end of the day, mm. um, it feels really weird, like, that they spend the entire time trying to capture Shrek when I feel like, I mean, I guess with the whole Fiona thing, but, like, <laughs> I feel like you would just naturally assume that they wouldn't, like, fall in love that fast <laughs> again. I mean, they, like, would, they just wanted to be sure, Micah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird to to me, like, the and, and and that's what I'm saying by Rumpelstiltskin feeling kind of underwhelming overall. Okay. And I actually, it just occurred to me, uh, you could make the connection that Rumpelstiltskin believes he lost everything that belonged to him, which happens to Shrek. But like that's that's grasping at straws here yeah, for a connection I mean, between them. He thinks he lost everything that he deserved. But they both have they Shrek, both have that same desperation. Whereas to them. Shrek lost everything that he already had. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of weird. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. I was just like, okay, let me let me try and back up this claim that they're not connected at all. But like, that's really the only similarity between the oh, two yeah, of them. Oh yeah, yeah. I just remembered this though. The weirdest part about the Rumpelstiltskin story, and probably about this movie in general, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is the fact that like the the king and queen made a deal with Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> to free. Fiona's curse. I know, right? And then it doesn't. And then it doesn't work. Like it, it blips them out of existence, but then it 
she like in this alternate timeline where Shrek never <laughs> existed so and they signed the contract. Like Fiona is still cursed. Why wouldn't she just not be cursed now and then they lost their kingdom? That's it. <laughs> like, the, why wouldn't that be? Like, the it case? just doesn't make sense why she still turns human. That's honestly, I think the biggest like plot critique I have for this movie. Which, I mean, who who cares at the end of the day? It doesn't yeah, really change. Yeah, it's just anything. really. It's like it's it's weird. It is know? weird. Yeah. Like why? What? <laughs> why? <laughs> But then again, Micah, that Rumpelstiltskin is quite a tricky one. Who knows what he put in the contract? <laughs> but why would he care? <laughs> Especially if he was planning to enslave know, all right? ogres anyway. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, it's weird. That's honestly, like, seems like the biggest screenwriting oversight in this movie. Which is good, because it's not very major. Yeah. What do you think about the fact that, like, um... There's a bunch of ogres in this movie, whereas we never saw a single other ogre besides, like, Fiona and Shrek. It's so weird. Like, where where have all these ogres been? <laughs> but, I mean, like, obviously they would probably rally together, given, like, what's happening in the alternate universe. But, like, it is kind of odd that we see them now, and we haven't, like, ever seen another one before. Yeah, to my to my knowledge, anyway. No, we don't. Not even in like, cause like Shrek never has like a flashback yeah. to his childhood or anything, and like obviously there are other ogres in universe I mean, that they've seen, mentioned we've before. We've seen baby ogres. <laughs> yeah, baby ogres, but like we haven't seen <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this big community of ogres. And what I think was was really weird, really, was that the at the community. was that at the end, like when uh-huh. they fix everything. Like, Shrek somehow gets all of the ogres there. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> like, it's just a really know. odd decision. I mean, who cares, really? Because, like, yeah, like like you said, the the rebellion kind of subplot is really, like, weird. I mean, they needed they needed something to for everyone to be, like, rallying around and for Fiona to care about yeah. more than Shrek, you know? Yeah, they definitely needed her to have something. And I, I don't think it's a bad time. solution to that problem, but I just don't think it's the best solution to that Well, problem. I don't even think it... Like, I think it's a fine solution. I think it's a good idea. I just don't know how, like, how well it was executed yeah. with all of the other ogres. Because I think Fiona's character has done pretty well throughout. Yeah, no, she's pretty good in this. Um, But, like, all the other ogres are kind of really weirdly done, <laughs> in yeah, my opinion. The other ogres have a very odd energy to them. <laughs> right? And, like, for, like, this ogre community and, like, that's just a weird concept. I thought ogres were supposed to be super, like... <laughs> isolated creatures that liked their privacy. I mean, we've only seen that from Shrek, so who well, knows? Well, yeah, but he, I don't know, like, he talks about that just being know, how right? ogres yeah, are, yeah. and then these ogres are all, like, they're essentially just, like, humans, like, yeah. fighting in a They're rebellion. just green humans, that's all they yeah. are. <laughs> so, I don't know, it was just, like, it's just weird, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that is a lot of this movie. And that's why I don't think it comes nearly as close to, like, the first movie, even. Mm-hmm. Is, like, a lot of it is not bad. Like, like you know, Shrek the Third is is pretty darn bad. Yeah, Whereas sure. this movie is just really weird. And yeah. I, and it gets a lot of that from trying to, like, do something cool with the plot and trying to kind of get over Shrek the Third. But, like, 
it it is really weird in its plot. Yeah, I will say a lot of its elements are pretty good, but the ones that aren't good usually aren't bad. They're just kind of odd. <laughs> yeah, just like weird choices. Like why? Why? <laughs> but why exactly? <laughs> But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. That's a good, good observation, my guy. <laughs> Do you have another question? Um, no, that was it. That's all I have. I'm, all I'm right. dry. Well, that was recent. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. To um, no, what? I mean I, I do. Okay. Um, because I was about to say I have one too. So go. Yeah. What do you think of? Um, you mentioned that you like Shrek and Fiona's romance in this movie. I, I actually thought it was a little rushed. Yeah. In my, that yes. was just me. It is a little rushed. Um, but what, it, what I was just gonna ask what you thought of it. Um, I really, I really it. like it. It is a little rushed. Yes. Um, they could have put a little bit more time on it, but I do like that they kind of make sure that at the end of the day, like, like that Shrek kind of like I, I, I like the progression of Shrek first being like, Fiona, here's a gift basket with <laughs> with the heart shapes. Like, like he goes from like trying <laughs> yeah. to go for like what his Fiona would like what she would find sweet and then by the end actually getting her to fall in love with him by doing the whole free all ogre thing something that she actually cares like I think that was a really cool plot line instead of doing something really cliche where they like just fall in love Yeah, no, I was actually going to cite that as a pretty smart move and it plays into the midlife crisis stuff really well too like uh, the reignition of the marital spark, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I love, um, I love the kiss on the bridge scene where it just mm-hmm. doesn't work. Yeah, and... no, I, it's actually like, I say I don't like it because it just, it, literally, my only problem with it is that it feels like it goes a little too fast. It does, but it's it's great. It's like it plays so well into the learning to love your spouse again thing that the whole midlife crisis thing brings up. Which I I just really like that about this movie. It feels so genuine, like I said, to the characters (laughs) of the franchise, which after Shrek the Third, it needed oh so desperately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I think you could put all of their marital troubles to Shrek the Third. (laughs) (laughs) Retconning Shrek the Third, the movie. (laughs) Um yeah, no, like I don't know. I, I like yeah, it feels rushed, but at the same time I do think they hit a lot of really good beats mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. I think I like how they kind of like it, I think I think the instances where it feels super rushed, it usually does something to make you like like kind of slow down some. Yeah. Like there's that scene where they fought for a while and they seem to get all like the music got all like da da da. <laughs> And then, like, she just kind of, <laughs> she kind of yeeted out of there. And that was before the whole kiss on the bridge, like, thing. So, like... Yeeted out of there, like... <laughs> it's, I think they do a decent job at balancing it. Yeah, no, but it's, they do it's have, not atrocious. They do have very limited time in the movie mm-hmm. for an entire romance. Whereas, like, the the first Shrek movie, like, the entire That's thing from the all. moment Fiona, like, and Shrek are on the screen together is pretty much setting up their romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's just like, it's just a small thing. But I I just really appreciate what they did do in this movie. It was very nice. All right, I got a question. Stop stop making blanket noise, Mike. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> stop. 
Okay. I got a question. Okay. Um, what do you think of what they do with Donkey and Puss in this movie? Because I mentioned that I liked their chemistry, Donkey. but what do you think of what they actually do with the characters um, in this movie? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Right, right. Um, Donkey feels a little... I, I don't know. Like, he feels like Donkey, of course. Like, they actually wrote him, like, kind of like he is in the... Like, something like Shrek 2. Not quite, like, OG Donkey. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's just really odd. I, I One thing I wanted to note, actually... Um, I think it's kind of odd that, like, all of Shrek's friends are, like, right by the palace and everything, like, either in the palace or right next to it, you know? Right, like, it's, <laughs> that is actually an interesting point to the fact that fairy tale creatures weren't super popular, and <laughs> in, in even far, far away, mm -hmm. like, like, King Harold being all speciesist, I guess. <laughs> like, fairy tale creatures weren't, just weren't that popular. Yeah, yeah. And in this far, far away, it seems like they're pretty average to be around, even though if you if you do take note, like all of them are pretty much kind of like being used for stuff. Well, yeah, like they're not just there. So that makes some sense. But yeah, it is kind of it's convenient. Just, I just thought it was kind of funny that like all of Shrek's like friends were right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of convenient that they're all just kind of there in the story like just literally all of them even like the pigs and wolf and i know stuff. right that was so weird i was like why why are the pigs here what's going on but um I yeah don't know. um i think i think donkey's character design really bothers me what, like the, the mangy fur like like, like i don't know it's not even just the fur they do something to his face his face and it and it bothers me. I don't know what it is. They do something to his face, makes him look different. I mean, if, he has a newer character model in this, obviously. Yeah, if you look at like the picture on the poster too, I'm like, it doesn't even look like Donkey to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that Donkey doesn't even look like Donkey, you know. But yeah, for me, like, <laughs> obviously they're not the focus of this movie. Yeah. Like, you know. Donkey isn't even a main focus, whereas he definitely is in the first movie. I was about to say, Donkey's really just there to keep Shrek motivated. That's about it. Right, like he was the first like person Shrek recognized, and he was there f to get the plot going. Mm -hmm. And um, But I think they do like a pretty decent job of giving Shrek and Donkey like a pretty good chemistry. Yeah. And then, like... Puss, Puss is weirder because he. Puss is really odd in this movie. I, I don't know how. <laughs> what I is feel he even doing him. here? What is he? What is he doing? Um, what, what was he doing with Fiona? Right. Like, why why does she is, have a cat? Why is he with Fiona? During the uprising. Like, like, how did that happen? Like, was he hired to try and kill Fiona, and then he just like stayed there? It's just, it's just like Shrek too. He just was hired to kill Fiona, and then boom. Yeah, like, I guess. That would be, that, that's kind of funny. <laughs> that's the case. That's the only thing I can think of that would make sense. Because, like, he was an assassin. That's what he did. He, yeah, I was about to say, the fact that they, like, acknowledged that he was, all, like, still an assassin in this universe, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird, too, because he's, like, probably a significantly better assassin than the Pied Piper. <laughs> even though the Pied Piper has a way better tool. I was like, about to say, Pied the Pied Piper, Piper, Piper is, like, anything. completely overpowered. What the heck? Right? Like, he can literally, essentially keep somebody, like, 
docile essentially <laughs> like they're just dancing the whole time and yet he failed for yeah, somehow he failed. some reason <laughs> because a overweight cat rode a donkey down and crashed into the person he was trying to assassinate <laughs> like what where was his weapon what was he gonna do like at least <laughs> puss had a sword yeah no it was weird i don't know <laughs> that was that was a weird part of the story <laughs> the pied piper <laughs> um yeah. But what did I actually think of them? I don't really know. They were there, and they were their dynamic was written better in this one than they were in Shrek the Third. So I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not as much Antonio Banderas as I would have liked. Like mm. I wanted, I wanted Puss to be more. Yeah. Because I really like Puss. Like he's one of my favorite characters in Shrek, uh, Shrek Two. I really oh, he's like. Hilarious I really Shrek like him in Shrek Two. Like he's hilarious. He's got a cool character design. Yeah. It's Antonio Banderas. Like everything about him in Shrek Two is is really good, and in Shrek the Third not so much. And then in this <laughs> one, so. he's just not in it much. He just doesn't matter that much. Yeah, especially Puss feels like he's just tacked on there just to give Donkey someone to talk to other than Shrek, I guess. Yeah, because like even Donkey has some story relevance, whereas yeah. Puss is just there. Puss is just, he really just, is just, he's just there. hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just thought it would be interesting to bring them up yeah. since they are like important to the Shrek, the Shrek ethos. The Shrek ethos, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, what else did I want to bring up? Um, what did, what did you think of the general like just plot structuring of this movie because i think it's like a pretty good screenplay no i think it's well, oddly enough i think it's like, well done yeah like <laughs> my least favorite part of the whole movie is the beginning but it does set up well what they're going exactly. for and then the movie never really well it well it takes its time more than a lot of other shrek movies especially <laughs> shrek the third yeah it never really feels slow yeah no i was about to say i just i admire how not like great the screenplay is, but it's just solid. It's a it's a solid screenplay. Yeah, coming off of like Shrek the Third, which <laughs> Shrek- which at the end of the day just wasn't a good screenplay. No, yeah, like it was it a had, sucky screenplay. It had good elements here and there that could have made a it good had screenplay. Good ideas. But it was just not a good screenplay. This one had weird ideas, but it was a solid screenplay. I was about to say it's really just about a guy having a midlife crisis enters alternate reality where he doesn't have his family life anymore and then realizes how wrong he was and then boom he's back the end. again the weirdest part of it is the whole ogre uprising part yeah i was about to say the ogre uprising feels kind of like like i said they gave they needed to give yeah, them it needed to be to there but it is kind of weird yeah, I mean, it was a good solution to their problem, and but it, and it makes not the best. it makes sense in universe, yeah. like in the alternate universe, if, if a, the ogres actually came together. Yeah, and everything. exactly. I mean, it makes sense. It like I I don't know why it feels so odd. Like I said, I think it really but, is just the way the ogres are dealt with. Yeah, it's not really ever like a oh, like Shrek's never like oh my gosh like other ogres like he never comes to like a point where like it's not anything interesting to him or emotional to him because like he was horribly treated by his parents so you'd think he would either be resentful of other ogres or be like really like oh my gosh these ogres actually are good people (laughs) 
Um, yeah. So, like, it feels very weird from a Shrek standpoint because it feels like Shrek has no emotional value or anything, any stakes at all into this group of ogres, into a group of his own kind that, like, he doesn't, like, he just doesn't even acknowledge, really. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why it feels so odd. Um, I was going to bring up, like, a... There's another uh, Mike Myers contract movie <laughs> that's uh, just about as good as this one, if you can even believe it. I, I <laughs> involving domestic uh, dissatisfaction. I right would there. I would call it I would call it better than this. Wait, really? Yeah, I would call Cat in the Hat oh better than gosh. this. Oh my gosh, I don't know about that one. I just really enjoy Cat, Cat in the, the Hat. Cat is really fun though. <laughs> And there you go. There's my question, Michael. Which do you enjoy more? I got I got a pull. Cat Shrek in the Forever hat. After. Shrek Forever After is is good, and it does do a lot for the franchise. But Cat in the Hat is is a masterpiece. You know, I, I might have to agree with you. I was a little shocked at first, but Cat in the Hat does have a lot of really good stuff. <laughs> well, there you go, Micah. You just need the Mike Myers uh, contract double feature. Wow, it would be a really weird double feature. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of any other like interesting talking points. Like, yeah, I don't, what do you what do you I think of like? There's really another like big thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, what do you? Because there there really isn't much to this movie. Yeah. It's a very small scale movie versus uh, like pretty much any of the other I Shrek mean, movies. You say small scale. It's like the entire world. They have, they have to sh- save Shrek's entire universe. Yeah, but like small scale and but the yeah. fact that the story really only focus like it only matters to the fact that yeah, Rumpelstiltskin and yeah, Fiona and Shrek. Yeah, no, like there's I, there's not I much else going on. Yeah, there's there's not like I said, it's a very tight screenplay, which something I admired about. Yeah, it. and it, it needed that. If it mm-hmm. wasn't, it would be quite a bit different. Yeah, and not as good probably. But like, what do you think of um, the way contracts work in this? Um, like Rumpelstiltskin, like abilities <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin superpowers because I, I feel like they're really weirdly done in this I don't know about like, weirdly done throughout the entire movie everybody is like never make a deal never with Rumpelstiltskin never make a deal with that Rumpelstiltskin like everybody everybody is like that but yet we have like a lot of a lot of people Shrek the king and queen like all of them are very like let's make a deal and like <laughs> let's make they it. don't read the contracts i know right none of them What's read the contracts like especially with the with the knowledge that Rumpelstiltskin like like the king and queen come up into the scene like he's deceitful He's a deceitful man. John Cheese is just like, he's a deceitful man. John Cheese out here saying the most. <laughs> but then, like, they don't read the contract. I know. Like, they never, they never find anything that says, oh, you're going to blip away and your daughter isn't actually going to be free of her curse or something. You know, I seriously thought that Shrek was going to read the contract first. Like, what was the time rush here? Like, yeah, and, like, Shrek <laughs> seems, like, like very much the kind of person who would read the full contract. <laughs> like, he seems like the kind of person who would be like, all right, what am I signing? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he sounds like? Yeah, like, I don't, okay. I don't know. Like, do you not get what I'm saying there? Like, he's such a... 
he's such not an optimist, I guess. I was about to say, he's a, he's a very skeptical person. You'd think, especially when it comes to magic. Yeah, I was about to say, and his prior experiences with magic, <laughs> that he would, be, like, the first thing he would do is, like, read the entire contract. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's weird. Like, I think the contracts in this movie are really cool, like, plot device i think they're just really neat but i don't know about how they're actually used in the movie yeah and like and like even like the whole um deal of a lifetime contract thing <laughs> like that was weird right like like what was the bad twist on that like he yeah. literally just turned himself in and then got what he wanted yeah, I don't know. Like, you'd think that Rumpelstiltskin wouldn't actually give, like, some random citizen the deal of a lifetime without some, like... Horrible, horrible like consequences. Some side, yeah, some weird consequence to it, you know? But, like, they just, like, and it sure... It just seems to work like, out just Like, fine. sure, Fiona doesn't go, but that's not because it was a bad... Like, that was literally because she's not technically a full ogre yet. Like, yeah. she's still, technically speaking, human first. Which I thought was a pretty, pretty smart. Uh, no, it's a, it's a cool idea. Yeah, but again, it doesn't saying. make sense with the fact that why is yeah. it Fiona's curse broken? <laughs> yeah, that once again, why is it Fiona's curse broken? In this? <laughs> or does like does like Rumpelstiltskin straight up just not have the magical power to do that? Like, what is what is his magical power yeah. limits? They never really specify what he's able to do. Like, right, can like, he only use? magic when it's through a contract and if so why <laughs> and like his whole deal of a lifetime thing when shrek rolls up he's like no the only way your contract can be broken is with a kiss and why not <laughs> why can't he use another magical contract to erase to his the... magical contract out of exist out of existence yeah it's weird because they seem like these like all powerful plot devices and then they just like have odd limitations to them like, i don't know like he could have essentially like what i thought like he literally could have just, just done exactly exactly what rumpelstiltskin did to him <laughs> like like not even like a race rumpelstiltskin though that yeah. would work but yeah. like just erase the the fact like just stop himself from ever getting in the cart with rumpelstiltskin yeah. Obviously, his character would be, like, still, like, it wouldn't have grown. Like, that's, yeah. that's the whole weird thing about this and stories like this is when there seems to be, like, a weird, like, easy plot way of getting out of something. But at the same time, like, the character needs to go through this. Mm -hmm. So it just gives, like, this really weird feeling, like, oh, why couldn't they just do that? But at the same time, like... I mean, I have a feeling it's kind of like the anime problem where they just introduced an element that's just way too powerful so they have to do give these odd reasons they, yeah. yeah they have to give these odd reasons why you can't just use it to fix everything yeah <laughs> no yeah that's 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 a common problem in uh in like fantasy stuff yeah. in general yeah fantasy sci-fi just like inventing something that's so <laughs> ultra powerful that so then powerful. you have to like Either, give some dumb reason either give some it. dumb reason that you can't use it or make everybody else just as overly powerful <laughs> yeah no that's that's a good point though i didn't i had that hadn't occurred to me but yeah that, that is a little sloppy i think yeah i i just and that and that plays more into me feeling like while rumpelstiltskin isn't a bad villain that he is just definitely much more of an underwhelming like weird oh villain. yeah no even compared to 
Farquaad, I think. Yeah. Farquaad even feels a little more imposing than this guy. <laughs> right, which is weird to think about because like Farquaad is literally just a short dude. What's up with the what's up with Rumpelstiltskin's character design? What is up with Rumpelstiltskin's character design? I had to design the cover art for this episode, so I stared at Rumpelstiltskin's face for like two hours and I was not happy about Every everybody it. like everybody in the letterbox reviews said he looks like Shane Dawson. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, without the wig on, he looks like Shane Dawson. He does look like Shane Dawson. That's not good. This That's is not, not a good. good. Thing. This is not good. <laughs> Save me. I, uh, I take it back. Shrek Forever After is terrible. It's an awful movie. Shane Dawson villain. <laughs> Shane Dawson Shrek. Yikes. Yeah. The worst news. But yeah. That's pretty funny, actually. But yeah. yeah no, I really don't think there's there's too much more to cover because, yeah, yeah like, like I said, this is a very concise movie mm-hmm. and it's it very weirdly deals with everything in Shrek. Like, even, like, the whole dragon and donkey thing. <laughs> that was weird. Like, it just does everything weirdly. Not poorly. Not in a bad way. Like, like even, like, what I would call Shrek the Third. Yeah. Because, like, Shrek the Third does everything in a weird way, but it's also bad. <laughs> but it's also terrible. <laughs> and not funny. Um, whereas this usually goes the not funny route. But also, it's still really weird. Like, it's just some weird, like, it's just weird creative decisions. Yeah. Just, just some odd feeling decisions from the creative team but not necessarily bad ones so. which is interesting too because like Shrek the third this really doesn't have any of the original Shrek creative team mm-hmm. like the director isn't the same most of the writers aren't didn't work on any of the others which is odd because it feels like such a return to form for the Shrek franchise right? you would think that like they, they brought back one of the original writers or something yeah and I mean like the original team was still producers on this movie yeah. obviously but yeah. they were on Shrek the third as well so <laughs> yeah um but yeah uh last question micah all right uh what's your favorite uh joke your favorite gag if you will my favorite joke the favorite joke <laughs> if you had to pick one <laughs> do the rock <laughs> no that's not my favorite joke <laughs> <laughs> but i love you daddy <laughs> i love you daddy <laughs> that- <laughs> I have never laughed harder at a Shrek movie than the I love you daddy joke. <laughs> um, gosh, I remember there was a joke that I actually found really funny, um, but I just blanked what, on what, what it was. What part of the movie was it? Like, it was, in the, it was in the Shrek, like, alternate timeline uh-huh. part. Um, so the majority of the movie. Yeah, but I don't, it I don't remember what it was. I mean, there are some pretty darn funny jokes with Rumpelstiltskin every now and then. Um, I love that they brought back um, the Pinocchio gag again, like twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I just still think it's pretty funny. You know what's sad though is that Letterbox review might be right. The most what? memorable joke probably is it the really do the is. roar joke. It's so funny. But though. again, I don't think that's a bad thing <laughs> yeah. even. It's uh, okay. In my eyes, the do the roar joke is one of the funniest jokes in the franchise. <laughs> to do me, the roar. Anyway. The do- <laughs> <laughs> no, I a lot. Of, I know a lot so of people funny. who really hate that. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like it's so funny. Like that though. joke is really hated. <laughs> I don't know. I know humor is very subjective, but like that that joke is just so funny to me. I and I don't know why. I can't, I can't explain why. Yeah, just, uh, 
I'm trying to think of some of the other. I'm trying to think of some of the other jokes in the movie. Um, other jokes. I mean, there's some. There's some puss jokes. There's some donkey jokes. There's some. I, I don't know. Weren't the three blind mice in this for like five seconds? No, I don't, I don't remember them being Maybe in there it. Maybe they were just random mice. Yeah, there <laughs> were just some random mice. <laughs> there were just some random The I'll eat you later joke was funny. <laughs> With puss. That was pretty... Oh my gosh, that actually was really funny. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um... Like and and that's the thing about Puss and Donkey. I didn't I didn't really mention that as mm-hmm. much. They don't have as many just jokes. Yeah, they're very much more like they're funny characters still, but they don't just have like there's not a whole lot of time dedicated to just like giving them jokes. Yeah, which in like Shrek two, they're like veritable joke machines. <laughs> right, like almost every line out of them is like a joke in Shrek two. <laughs> Shrek is the only one who, like... I mean, not the only one, obviously. Obviously, they, like, have some emotional stake in the story, but, like... <laughs> does does Puss in Boots? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he ever has any emotional investment in anything in the Shrek franchise, <laughs> and I think that plays so much into his character. That's why That's why he's your favorite character, Micah? <laughs> well, Antonio Banderas is the reason he's my favorite character. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, let, let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's get into our closing thoughts. All right, so Micah, if you do the roar, <laughs> do the roar. <laughs> oh my god! If you had to sum up your thoughts about Shrek Forever After, what would you say, Micah? What would you What would you tell the people if someone walked up to you on the street? I and would said, say, uh, "What is What do you think?" <laughs> I would say, "Do the roar." <laughs> do the, do the um, I would I would say that Shrek Forever After is probably seriously underrated when it comes to the Shrek franchise. Legitimately. Like, yes. actually underrated when it comes to the Shrek franchise. Because I know a lot of people who really hate this movie. Like, a lot of people I know gave this movie, like, one star. I just, and that's crazy. That's, that's just wild to me. I don't get it. Like, I don't I don't get the, I, like, the concept that this movie is poor. Like, how, especially from people like, even like Karsten, like, who, like, <laughs> you know, they review movies. <laughs> and, like, how you gotta at least be able to see the merit of the fact that this is a much better screenplay than Shrek the Third. But I mean, Micah, Shrek the Third has a downright awful screenplay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this just feels so solid. The emotions hit. Yeah. The comedy for how little there is in it is really funny. Like, I I laughed at the jokes that are in it. It's actually really funny. Like, quite a bit. Like, there aren't that many. Like, they're just straight up aren't that many jokes overall in the movie but they are pretty funny most of the time yeah even though Rumpelstiltskin is a weird inclusion in the movie he still is an interesting villain to watch Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day this is just an interesting he has a nice emotional (laughs) cool movie that like really does interesting things for the franchise especially coming off of Shrek the third yeah and it feels like you could go from this movie to the first Shrek movie without too much of a jarring effect. Yeah. Whereas even even Shrek's like Shrek Two is is quite a bit more jarring. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty Shrek big departure. 2. Yeah. This feels like it starts to get back to at its very core what Shrek always was. Before it was a meme, before <laughs> it was even as jokey as it is in Shrek Two, because Shrek Two is a lot more of a comedy than the oh first. Oh my god, Shrek. Shrek Two is literally just a straight comedy. And Shrek Two is like a great movie. <laughs> it's, it's a my great favorite comedy. Shrek movie. It's one of my favorite comedies actually. Um, but like, it is much different from the first Shrek. And at the end of the day, I feel like this one 
literally just gets back to the first movie. Yeah. It, it's, it doesn't have that strong of an overall villain, which I wouldn't call Farquaad that strong <laughs> Farquaad. of an overall villain. He's mostly a joke. <laughs> but what it does have is it has Shrek and Donkey and even Puss. Puss is here. He's, they, he's they, there. Some, they have some... <laughs> chemistry, they have friendship, and then you have Fiona, and you have an interesting dramatic take on their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It's not as good, but it is much better than Shrek the Third. Well, there you go. I gave it three and a half stars. Um, if I had to sum up my thoughts, I like like Micah said, this is one of the few movies where I would actually call it a little underrated. Which I don't like using that because like, it, you know, who is what is that rel- like relative to you know like who's underrating it? Yeah, but like, but like, like I feel has, like this the is major- a this is a bad yeah. Rotten Tomatoes this has, score. Yeah, this it has, has a, a bad, bad letterboxed score. Yeah, what's up with that? Like, I just I don't get how people can't see the inherent like just even t- on a cinematic level merit that this movie has going for it. It's just a really solid. Uh, movie like I don't I don't know like sure it's not as funny as something like Shrek uh, 2 or anything like that but like I, I don't know I just don't get not liking this movie it's got a really solid emotional core to it and I feel like that's essential to any Shrek movie being good or just I mean most movies in general Um, but yeah no it's just I don't get why people don't like it. I don't get why it's as hated as it is. Because yeah. sure, there are some weak and weird elements to it. Yeah, but sure. I don't... It wouldn't be a movie uh-huh. I'm jumping to go watch all the time either. Yeah, but I'd, I'd love to rewatch this sometime. It's a fun movie. Yeah, whereas Shrek the Third, I never want to watch <laughs> no, I that ne- again. I never want to see it again. <laughs> I you, just, oh my god. You play that, I'm yeeting out of a window. Hopefully very low to the ground, Micah. Don't want to hurt yourself. We, we don't care how high up <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, I also gave it a 7 out of 10. Three and a half. Good, I, solid movie. Not great, solid. So so at the end of the day, now that we're done with the Shrek end franchise. End of the day, baby. Uh, since, since we didn't do this before, oh, and we yeah. did this with all of our other big, of course all the other ones we did were much bigger. Yeah, they're much larger franchises uh, than Because we did Mission Impossible and Harry Potter. Um the Shrek ranking I have, and I think this is just going to beat the Shrek. No, that ranking. is the Shrek. I think ranking. most people. If you cons- combine our scores, I think on most it. people consider this the Shrek ranking anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But in number one, I have Shrek two. Yes. Which I gave obviously four and a half stars. I also gave it four and a half. I'm I, very tempted to bump it to I a think, five though. I think it's almost perfect. It's hilarious. It's I still got, don't know why I haven't bumped it to a five. I a, honestly have no major critiques of it. It's got a great emotional core. It's got a fantastic villain. It's, it's so funny. It's got a great use of music. Oh, music. Oh, I forgot to mention yeah, music. Yeah, we forgot to talk about the soundtrack. Music is such an important part to the Shrek franchise, usually, and the soundtrack of this movie... Is not terrible. It, it doesn't <laughs> do anything. Like, like, it's not important, really. No. Like it, it, because of how different it is done filmmaking wise in Shrek Forever After, it's not a very soundtracky movie. Yeah, actually, in the first few needle drops in the movie, um, I actually thought like this is kind of weird, in in this movie, right? <laughs> like, yeah, anyway. it feels like they shouldn't be there. But it, anyway, like yeah. that's not Small super. Thing. That's Small not thing. super important. I just forgot to mention. Yeah, that. we forgot to mention. But yeah, Shrek Two, practically perfect in every way. 
Then at number two, I have Shrek. I gave it four yeah. stars. OG Shrek, I also gave um, it four stars. It's like, it's it's pretty darn brilliant. There are things I don't like about it from just a personal standpoint, but like, it's so it's Shrek. It's like, so it smart. Is, it is <laughs> the original Shrek. I don't know how they did it, man. It's it's memorable. It's classic. It's really funny. It's so funny. It's got iconic characters. And for as weird as the animation looks because of how <laughs> early it was, it still aged Micah, pretty well. Micah, he does the roar in that one. He does the roar. <laughs> then I have a number three, Shrek the Third. Wow. Three and a half stars. I mean, not Shrek the Third, Shrek Forever After. Wow. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Also, I also have. The, 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 yeah. The, I feel like this is everyone's ranking, right? right? I mean, oh. some people would, might put the OG Shrek over too, just because they're like, no, the first one's so good. And I mean, we just talked about Shrek Forever After for, for a while. A while. Yeah. And then at number four, I have Shrek the Third. Shrek the um, Third. Which is pretty darn terrible. Pretty bad. Um, I gave it one star. Yikes, man. Um, I hope I never have to watch that again. I gave it a one and a half. Like, there's just. There, there, there's very, very little that is a redeeming element of this movie. There's occasionally a funny-ish joke, I guess. But they just drown the funny yeah. jokes and bad jokes. And more, and like <laughs> they, for every half decent joke, there's like ten bad jokes right after it, and you're like, so oh. yeah, that's that's the Shrek franchise. Um, yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe one day Robbie will watch Puss in Boots. It's not yeah, very good. We could watch Puss in Boots sometime. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's not very good uh, <laughs> but um yeah they're gonna do a fifth shrek movie we'll we'll, we'll be here to talk about we'll it we'll be here to talk about it unless we all die <laughs> it's gonna be real interesting from I'm how sure. great from how great uh shrek 5 is not from any other reason <laughs> <laughs> i i really very curious to see what they do because i do really think for as weird as <laughs> shrek forever after is it is a really good ending to the franchise yeah but you know and it, it bothers me too that the description of this says a soft reboot of the shrek franchise mm. and if they decide to go full we're gonna do a bunch of shrek movies the I'm sequel gonna, quadrilogy but i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna cry it's, it gets picked up by disney it becomes a sequel quadrilogy i'm i'm gonna cry <laughs> and it's probably gonna be really bad shrek nine yeah <laughs> let's go baby so yeah, um, I don't know if you want to do closing thoughts now. I just thought we'd go for the ranking. Oh, I already did. We already did. Oh right, we did. Yeah, I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Right, right, right. I'm stupid. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was because we brought up the music. Yeah, and I yeah. Forgot we did closing um, thoughts. Let's let's go into our our final segment for the for this episode. Yeah, or what we watched segment. What we watched. Which we've watched a lot. <laughs> All right. So, for those of you who don't know, the What We Watched segment is just a, is, is a small little ending segment where we talk about what we've watched over the last week since the podcast. We just give brief little things. My chair's so um, squeaky. <laughs> interestingly enough, though, uh, our mom was sick this week, and when she gets sick, we She's do, feeling better. <laughs> she is feeling better, okay. but when she, when she gets sick, we do watch a lot of movies well she can't really go much of anywhere when she's yeah but she she really likes movies so we watch a lot of movies um and so i have i think like 13 movies here and only three of them are rewatches yikes bro well i guess we'll just do kind of like a speed round just briefly cover what we thought yeah we're going from the seventh which was raya and the last dragon yeah yeah um that episode's out we did a podcast episode on it um, all the way up to the 14th. All the way up to the 14th. A week later. A week. Whoa. Whoa. How the uh, time flies, baby. 
did we talk about these two on the seventh? Those were after we no, recorded those, the podcast. Yeah, those were right? our, those were after we recorded. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So on the seventh, uh, we watched the Interpreter, the Interpreter. two thousand five with Sean Penn um, and Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman still scares me, <laughs> as she should. <laughs> and you know, it was fine. Yeah, I I didn't like it at all really it was i was working when it was we watched comp- it. yeah it was competent at best from what i saw but i would like i like you said i was working on stuff. I, gave, I gave it three stars just because like i don't know there wasn't anything aggressively terrible in it i gave it a two and a half i thought i thought sean penn and nicole kidman actually had pretty decent chemistry mm. but that i don't was, know that was about it there wasn't much going for yeah, it everything seemed kind of mid to me i don't know but then we turned on uh <laughs> animal crackers hey you know Animal Crackers is not as bad as I was expecting. It was it. pretty darn terrible. Okay. Uh, I gave it one and a half stars. That's like your opinion. <laughs> That's like your opinion or something. So Um I'm I actually gave it two. Two stars. I did not I did not like John Krasinski or Emily Blunt okay, voicing John Krasinski, the main characters. John Krasinski's kind of it feels like just a lazy cash grab casting. Emily Blunt was actually pretty good. The entire they must have spent their entire <laughs> On budget. The cat- on this cast every single character is voiced by some big big name actor it's not even funny patrick warburton is in this though like like they he's great sir ian mckellen (laughs) trained to actually sing like he he went through training to where he could sing songs in this movie oh gosh and that's kind of that's kind of sad good on him for singing but i mean like his opening number, I kind of like. I really didn't like his opening <laughs> I number. Know. I don't know. I I I think it is a deeply flawed movie, but I think it's actually pretty fun. At the its universe core. makes absolutely no <laughs> the, sense. The universe makes no sense at all. And I thought I, I don't know. I just thought it was a very weak sauce movie. It is. It is weak sauce. But I mean, like, I would never watch it again. It is not the worst animated kids movie I've ever seen. Its poster is pretty darn good. Yeah, its poster is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I said it's surprisingly not the worst film I've seen that stars Ian McKellen. <laughs> wow. Um, then on the eighth, we watched Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas, one of the 2D DreamWorks movies. 2D DreamWorks movie. uh, I really love this movie. It gets a pretty yes. bad rep. Does um, it? Yeah. People don't like this? People don't like this. Oh my gosh, all the people I follow don't like it. Uh, I really like Sinbad. Um... <laughs> Like I don't know what to tell you. Like I think it's, it's a good. like it's a really like well done movie. <laughs> it's a I solid really movie. like the casting in it. I really like the atmosphere. The animation's cool. The bad guy's cool. It's got animated Brad Pitt. What more do you want? <laughs> right. Go watch uh, Bread Swords video on it. I, I haven't watched Bread Swords video yet, so it's very very good. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, I gave Sinbad four stars. Very nice, very nice. Um, after that, I watched um, Circle, the what did, 2015 What did you movie? give Sinbad? Oh, I gave Sinbad a four. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's what it deserves, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, after that, I watched the 2015 film Circle, which I had been wanting to see for a long time. And it's got such a freaking good uh, set piece. Like, it, it obviously they didn't have a great budget for this, like a very big budget. And you can tell with a lot of the actors, they had to get like a really big ensemble cast, and you can tell a lot of them are like not experienced actors. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I really liked it. It was a little underwhelming, um, and not every element of it was handled as well as I wish it was. Like this had the potential to be like twelve Angry Men levels of great. Yeah. Um, 
and it does capture some of that energy, but it's just pretty weak, and a lot of the performances are pretty bad. But Twelve Angry Men, but weak sauce. Twelve Angry Men, but sci-fi and weak sauce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, on, yeah, on I gave eighth, it. I gave it a three and a half. On the eighth, we also watched uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Wow. Uh, we were going to show it to our dad because he read the book. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he finished then he, reading the book. But then he fell asleep. <laughs> and then he fell which I mean this is a very easy film it was, to fall asleep and besides too. it was late like yeah. I was really surprised when he suggested we turned it on yeah it was real. pretty late and like this is like the like like it's so atmospheric and the music is so relaxing I was about to say this is one of the most easy to fall asleep like, this two is Ghibli such, movies this is such a relaxing movie to watch um, I'm not surprised he fell asleep, but like, I love. Honestly, I think Totoro is the only film that comes close, like this close to just being like, okay, I'm gonna fall asleep, <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> yeah, no, not a bad way. Like it's just like ah, uh, it's, it's like it's, sitting in a hot tub. Yeah, <laughs> you're like it's very relaxed. I could fall asleep right now. <laughs> uh, I love Howl's Moving Castle. It's one of my favorite Ghibli movies. It's it's pretty darn perfect. Uh, it has some pacing problems, mm-hmm. but really, that's about it. I feel like this is the only Ghibli movie where Miyazaki's direction doesn't click as well as it should, and I, I feel like that's really what's holding it back for being great for me. But like, it's still really good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I gave it a four out of five. I gave it a four and a half. I don't love it, but that dream sequence in it is so good, <laughs> right. so great. Hit us, hit us with the Ducktales. <laughs> Oh yeah, when I fr- I actually watched this after we watched Circle. Um, I forgot to log in, <laughs> which says a lot about the movie itself. Um, I had never seen anything from the OG Ducktales. Like I'd only seen the show, the newer show, um, and I watched Ducktales, the movie Treasure of the Lost Map, and it was pretty me- uh, pretty pretty mid, bro. Launchpad isn't funny in this. Sad times. Sad times. And Scrooge is mean. <laughs> but I gave it a three. The animation looked really good. Red Sword's gonna come beat you up. <laughs> For what? The OG DuckTales? He, lo- he loves the OG DuckTales? I don't know about the movie specifically, yeah, I was but he about loves to say, the OG DuckTales. I've never seen the show, so I can't possibly comment, but this lacks some of the chemistry that the... And it's kind of racist. Yeah, a little bit. A lot. I, I, I only walked in for I only walked in for a second, and I was like, "What the, what the heck is going on?" Yeah, no, it's yeah, I wasn't wasn't crazy about it. Uh, on the ninth, though, yeah, we watched uh, Netflix original uh, movie Project last year, Project yeah. Power, Project Power, which I had heard pretty darn bad things about. Actually, like I had heard it was pretty terrible. Uh, and I thought it was—I thought it was pretty okay. It was pretty fun. There was a lot of there was a lot of cool ideas here, and I, I really genuinely like the cast. Like I'm a, I really like Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think I had a. Um, I think I like as a child when I was playing around with like my toys and stuff. I think I came up with a premise that was a lot like this. Or he's like, I invented Project I think Power. I invented Project Power <laughs> as when I was like five. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's why it's so uh, such an inherently cool premise to me. I haven't seen anything else from this, but I have seen like but from these directors. But I have seen part of Nerve. And they direct very, very similarly, I guess. They I, did, I wish the direction in this was a little more off the walls, like, kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the at the end of the day, this movie has a really cool concept, and it's got some good acting. Yeah. But, like, it's just pretty mid. Like, yeah. They just was, don't do enough I was about anything. to say, everything else is just kind of... The hey. screenplay isn't very tight. They don't do enough with its concept. Um, not enough pistol shrimp action. <laughs> Um, repping the pistol shrimp. The pistol shrimp, man. What was what was Casey Neistat doing in this? I feel like everyone 
who knows who Casey Neistat is. It was asking the question, like, what the heck is what he doing What was Machine here? Gun Kelly doing what? Okay, here, yeah. Ravi? Also, what was Machine Gun Kelly doing in this movie? I would have given it a three and a half if Machine Gun Kelly was not <laughs> here ruining my experience. <laughs> but yeah, Project Power overall was, was pretty okay. It was Stick pretty to fun. ruining music. <laughs> uh, I gave it three stars. And I enjoyed it. I know? gave it. I gave it three stars. Also, it could it could have been a lot better, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, then we watched "Don't Look Under the Bed," a '90s uh, Disney Channel movie. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Which had surprisingly good direction <laughs> and cinematography. The cinematography of this is pretty great. Like, what the heck? I didn't really <laughs> like the story. Like, that was just me personally. Uh, but like the actors, the actors I even liked. The direction was, <laughs> was good. Say, the production a, design was good. It's had a great cast, like genuinely great cinematography, uh, good direction, some great makeup. What, like what was? <laughs> they were trying too hard. It was just a Disney. Channel. Like I, like I, like I said, I really didn't like the plot. I didn't like what they did with the story, and like all the family drama was pretty underwhelming. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little weak in a lot of its. But like from elements. a from a pr- production standpoint, like very impressive. This movie's going pretty hard, and it's probably like and I, and I know some of the other Letterbox reviews said this. It probably is one of like the actually creepiest movies Disney's ever put out. Oh, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's yeah, no. This sort of terrified me as a child. Um, I gave it three stars. Uh, I gave it a three and a half. I think it's one of my favorite Disney Channel movies I've ever seen. But, like, High School Musical exists, so... Yeah, I'd say the High School Musical trilogy still tops this. Yeah, But, like, this is still probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, Then we watched um, The Island. My first Michael Bay movie. Uh, Michael Bay movie. Um, This is the first one I've ever seen. It it sure sure was a Michael Bay movie. It sure was Michael Bay, wasn't it? (laughs) Um... I love how I already knew the trademarks of Michael I really Bay. hate that the poster looks so like their heads are photoshopped on there. Look at this poster. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh my gosh. Um, but th- this is just really underwhelming in every sense. It, it kind of has some of the same problems as Project Power, where it just doesn't properly explore its sci-fi premise as well as it should. And like, it just does... It, there's so many weird... Dis- very, very... Very it's Michael a, Bay decisions, it's an but there's odd so many weird decisions in this movie, and like, I don't know, like it's just, I don't like what it's they odd. do with it. It's like Minority Report, but kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, like like I even really like the cast. Like I really like Ewan McGregor and mm-hmm. Sean Bean and Steve Buscemi and even kind of Scarlett. I Johansson. was about to say not Scarlett Johansson, but like, it just. It's weird. It's not a good movie at the end of the day, in I my think, opinion. I think it's pretty all right. If, I gave it two and a half, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's. I would want to watch it again to try and get to the root of what makes it so odd. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, but at the same time, it's really long. And yeah. like, I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, it is really long. <laughs> or at least it felt really long. I still I still love the beginning of my review for this, though. I was like, <laughs> I was like it, it sure is a good thing that Scarlett Johansson is pretty. Otherwise, they would have all been doomed. <laughs> I was about to say the entirety of the, the clones would have been just doomed. Because, <laughs> the, like, they're all, like, everybody's like, wow, Scarlett Johansson. And they're all like, I'll help that her what (laughs) and i'm like yikes michael bay stop michael bay please 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 stop michael bay must be stopped uh and then it just makes me think of like transformers mega 
Fox stuff and ugh. good times. Yeah, except for the opposite of good. Times. <laughs> anyway, after that, we watched No Country for Old Men. Heck yes, we did uh, for the very for the first, first time. time uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen. Joel and Ethan, my men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> masterpiece. It, I, I need to watch it again. Like I genuinely, really want to watch this it is, again. Honestly, I would cite this as one of the best movies of the 21st century. Like, it's that good, guys. You need to go watch it's, No Country for I really like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, but I would probably cite this as my favorite Coen Brothers oh, this movie is, now. This is by far, like, not this even This is probably close, their, their tightest movie I've ever seen. I haven't seen some of what's considered their most critically acclaimed, like, um, like something Inside like Fargo Lewin Davis or, or Fargo yeah. and stuff like that. But, like, this is just so well done. It's a masterpiece, guys. Like you gotta watch it. And and it's really funny. My dad like really didn't like the ending of this because it's very much a non-traditional ending to a story. <laughs> but I was like, oh, that's sad. I was about to say this is such a dad movie too. There's some there's something special in in the air in 2007 is what is what I'm gathering. Oh my gosh. Okay, so guys. You you need to watch this because it is like the greatest use of sound design in a movie I think I've ever sound seen. Sound design is so good. I don't know how they the got it. So the cinematography so good. The <laughs> acting so good. Well, Micah, it's Roger Deakins. Of course, it looks good. There's like everything in this movie is like perfect. I was about to say this is one of the few like movies where I'd cite it as almost a, like the objectively perfect movie. You know. Yeah. It's it's really that good. You guys, if you're old enough to watch it, go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Rather gory. It is rather gory, yes. Um, then, yeah. Then we watched In the Heights. In the uh, Heights. 2021. Don't want to talk about yeah. it too in depth because I'm pretty sure we're going to do a podcast we're gonna do, episode yeah, the next, on it. <laughs> next week is probably going to be In the Heights unless something happens. We die in a fiery explosion. So or I'll, I'll say I liked it, and I'll say I'm like a huge fan of In the Heights soundtrack. Like I always have been. In but that's all, that's all I'll leave it at. Yeah. Um, I'll leave it a mystery. I mean, yeah. I'll just read my letterbox review for it. I guess uh, I said it was one of my favorites of the year. It really shines in its musical numbers and choreography. Ninety-six thousand is a real standout. Ninety-six thousand. Uh, the third act is so heartwarming. It has that sense of magic to it. Uh, good, anyway, good stuff. <laughs> we're, we're, we've gone like 20 minutes on the what we watched. It's fine. It's fine. We only have a few uh, left. <laughs> on the 12th, we watched. Uh, oh, wait, right. You watched Stop Making Sense. Oh, yeah. I watched Stop Making Sense for the 10th time, which means it's now tied for, with uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox for my most logged movie on Letterboxd. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> on, the, on the 12th, uh, we watched Don Verdeen. Don Verdeen. Uh, another Jared Hess movie. Jared director Hess. Director of uh, Napoleon Dynamite Nacho and Libre. Nacho Libre. Yeah. Both movies I like quite a bit. They're both good. Uh, but this movie was not. This movie good. was not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just really, it's so sloppy. It's not that funny. Nope. There's there's, there's not enough comedy, like good comedy for it to be a good comedy. And there's not enough interesting drama for it to be a good drama. And it really weirdly balances its comedy and drama. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just not funny. <laughs> um how do you say his name? Is it, like, I always forgot to say, is it Jermaine, Jermaine, Jermaine? I, I have no idea Jermaine. how to say his name. I, I think it's Jermaine. Jermaine, that makes the most sense, actually. Jermaine Clement. Uh, yeah. The biggest plus was he, he was pretty hot in this movie. His performance? <laughs> what? No, I was going to say, his performance was pretty funny on occasion. 
But <laughs> pretty, I mean, he is pretty hot in this movie. I'll give you that. His performance was probably like he was probably the most memorable part about the whole Definitely. movie. And then they made um, Sam Rockwell look like Steven Spielberg for some reason. <laughs> like his hair and his glasses, it was literally just Spielberg. Yeah. Was, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, you could do a whole episode on Don Verdine. There's a lot of terribleness there. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't really ever want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't really want to watch it again. I gave it two stars. I also gave it two stars. Uh, then on the 12th, that night, we watched Source Code, Jake Source Gyllenhaal. Code. Uh, With Jake Gyllenhaal. Duncan Jones, director of Moon, actually. Duncan Jones! Uh, it was pretty It was pretty good. They pretty didn't good. They didn't do as much with it as I would have liked, but like... This week was the week of sci-fi movies that needed to explore their premises better. Right? <laughs> but like, it was still it was still good. Like, yeah. it was, like, it was fun. It was enjoyable. But like, it wasn't really much more. Like that—that's my thing with it. Like I—I I, I gave it three and a half, and I think it's a pretty darn three and a half movie. Yeah, I honestly was a little tempted to give it a three, but I gave it a three and a half. It's—it's it's kind of fun. I don't know. They I, I want to watch they, it. Again. They could have done so much more. Yeah, it could—it could have been so much more, but they—they eh, they seem to have settled. <laughs> then on the thirteenth, I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox again. One of the um, greatest movies of the twenty-first century. <laughs> it's really darn good. It really. Is. I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's. It's so good. Another I, midlife crisis animated movie, Micah. I sat there. I sat there <laughs> explaining why. Um, <laughs> I sat there explaining to my girlfriend Man why because Micah. Noah Bombatch is here that the dialogue is so much better than in Moonrise Kingdom and Isle of Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that Noah Bombatch, uh, Wes Anderson screenwriting team, they need to they need to work together more often. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really good. I mean, it's always really good. <laughs> We've done a podcast episode on yeah, it. Yeah, you should go listen to the episode. Um, it's good stuff. I think this was my like eighth time logging it, Heck, but I've I might, probably I might watch it after you leave. <laughs> I've probably seen it more times than that. It's just like it's. You said it's eighth. Eighth, yeah. yeah. It's Thanks. it's really darn good. It is really good. And then yesterday, the fourteenth. Yesterday we watched Trek Forever After. What? Crazy. And yeah, that was that was what we watched. That was a lot of that was a lot of new movies. Yeah, um, um, No Country for Old Men was really really good. Yeah, that was the highlight. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, give Shrek Forever After a, a, a re rewatch. Give it give it your give, give it, it your full attention. Give it the yeah. benefit of the doubt. Uh, go watch In the Heights. It's good. It's on HBO. It is, yeah. Get ready for our next episode. Yeah. Go watch No Country for Old Men. It's also on HBO. Whoa. It's a masterpiece. Uh, go watch <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Fox. Go watch Sinbad. Oh, my God. Go watch Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> and have a good week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do the wrong... <laughs>